Hey everyone, welcome to A Quick Shot of Romance. I am Becky. And I am Mia. And on this episode of A Quick Shot of Romance, we are reviewing At the Pleasure of the President by Lexi Blake and Shayla Black. This is book five in the Perfect Gentleman series. This is a conclusion to the murder boards. It is. And if you haven't listened to episode, the episode on Scandal Never Sleeps, Seduction and Session, Big Easy Temptation, or Smoke and Sin, which are books one, two, three, and four in this series, you'll want to go back and listen to those because it has my conspiracy theories, my thoughts on what's coming to the books, like the next book. And we'll link the episodes in the on the shelf show notes so you can access them easily. Um, so the Perfect Gentleman series is a five book series with an overarching storyline. This review will be for book five. It will also kind of we're going to round out the series in this episode also um, and see how some of our conspiracy thoughts and theories played out throughout this book. Yeah. Um, and we will spoil some things, but we will not spoil other things because throughout the episodes, like we've spoiled some stuff, but not a lot of stuff. So there are still things that you'll be like, Oh my God. Yeah. And we, I'm actually, we aren't going, to, we'll have some spoilers in this, but we are not spoiling the who's who in the end. No. Cause you need to experience that just like we did. Yeah. You totally do. Okay. okay. So release date on this is April 9th, 2019. Second chance, uh, suspense, Ooh. close and forced proximity, pining hero, this is two stories in one. We're skipping synopsis. It is, yes. Let it go. No, I know uh, that. Okay. But it is two It is two HEAs mixed into one. It is. Two HEAs mixed into one. This is the Perfect Gentleman series. It's interconnected, overarching storyline, and must be read in order. Put out percentage 29%. Um, I did listen to for this. For one of the couples, it was 43% for the other couple. Or something like that. I didn't I, separate the two. I checked both. Oh my goodness. Or let me double check on that number. Um. So what were you saying? Are you, you sure the second couple was 43%? I thought it was longer than that. I'm double checking. Okay. I am double checking. So I did listen to the audiobook of this. And it is done by Greg Birdo. He does the last two books in this series. He does an exceptional job. And I do enjoy listening to his audio narration. You were right. It was later. It was 69%. I should have remembered that. You should have remembered that. Yeah, that's um, Maddox and Sarah are 69%. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And Liz and Zach. You just, you just, yeah, are the 29%. Are 29%. Yeah, so as, as you just heard, people, Maddox is alive. Well, we declared he him alive, alive at the end of episode four. No, we didn't actually say it. Oh, we didn't? No, we decided to leave that up to. Well, at this point, like, if they're if you listening read book to four, it, like, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Maddox is alive. I totally knew it. I called that. I knew it. I knew he was not dead. So the setup at this point is Zach is headed to Camp David for a reset. Um, I do think he was planning to meet the guys there. It was supposed to be a guy's weekend. He was. I, I misread it in the end of the last book because I was so like excited that i was right about maddox and i missed that little tidbit but like he like they all of the guys are converging on camp david and the women are converging elsewhere yeah um and th they're checking in to go over the status of the investigation dax and holland have been off on their honeymoon they're coming back 
to Washington, D.C. to figure out, like, what what all do they know and where does well, what does this mean and where do we go? Also, forward? like what and what Dax and Holland missed while they were gone. Yeah. Um, but as Zach slides into the limo, there is a shadowy mm-hmm. figure in the limo with him. There is, and it's Maddox. And I honestly, like, there's some moments with Maddox where he thought, like, he even, like, in his third person, like, perspective, he even says, like, he's surprised at the reactions of everybody. He thought they were going to, like, welcome him back with open arms. And nobody was really happy at all. No. No one, yeah. So... Maddox is alive, and once the guys show up, they are not happy to see Maddox. They do not know. Zach decides not to forewarn them. And no, and he gets decked, but you'll you'll have to read it to find out who punches him. He gets and punched. And then one of them says that he wishes he had thought of that first. Well, Roman's little tirade about cats and how he now has a cat, and he owns a cat rescue sanctuary in England... And how he yeah. blames Maddox for his ownership he of cats. He blames Maddox for it all. was pretty funny. <laughs> it was really funny. It was. Well, because honestly, like, Roman, Roman is one of those characters, like, up until his book, he was, like, really shady. Like, you didn't know which way Roman was going to go. And then you, like, and then you get into his book and you realize, like, Roman, like, his, his entire, like, thought process is to protect the people around him whether or not he does it in the right way or not. So like, I really did enjoy Roman by the end of his book. Like he wasn't such a shady fucker. Like he was just misguided in some of his choices. I think that he was the caretaker of the friend group and always Mm -hmm. making sure that trouble didn't touch any of them um, or that it never got too out of hand. And so it's something- ironic that he and Gus ended up together because like that was her job for the <laughs> longest time. Well, and really, honestly, though, the thing like something like this conspiracy, these problems that he doesn't know where they're coming from or how they're going to come really has him mm-hmm. at war with himself and at war with everybody. Like he's like over the top anxious um, with he, the well, situation. He, he is, but they like Zach is falling apart at the seams about so many things. Like he's, he is mentally breaking down. Like he is making bad choices. He's making like, there are things that, because he finds out at the end of book four, like when Maddox, like he finds out Maddox is alive, but he also finds out that supposedly Liz, who he has been in love with for years is was feeding information to like the bad guys in book four and so he has this like internal like chaos going on like he loves her but is she really like in on all this or is she not and so he makes some really boneheaded decisions he does he emotions are all over the place and You know, in this Camp David situation, the guys decide to bring the girls in and they're going to lay everything out on the line. And when they bring the girls in, they They are bringing Liz and Sarah in. And neither one of them know the full scope of everything that is going on. No. Well, and Sarah, like, she, I, 
up until this point, we have only gotten like little bits of Sarah, like not like in in book one, we got a, a little bit of her because it was Gabe's book. And so there was a little bit of interaction, but we got a lot more of Sarah in this book. And like, we learn a little bit about, cause she's quite a bit younger than them. And we learn a lot about her and how she kind of like pined over Maddox. And then she made this decision and he, he broke her, like broke her, but she, she sees him she faints instantly but then like she wants nothing to do with him like she she is she is beyond mad at the choices that he made and he like she doesn't even care that he thought he was doing the right thing like she's like you were wrong and she sticks to that for a really long time and there's a couple things that happen and it kind of changes the way she's thinking and her thought process behind her convictions. And I really, really enjoyed their story. And I actually really wanted more from just the two of them. I really think it would have been in full service to the characters had they at least had a novella dedicated, you know, 40,000 words to just Mm -hmm. the two of them. Because there's some complexity to the relationship that we get glimpses. So, Things happen at Camp David. They lay things out on the line. We're going to come back to Zach and Liz, but let's finish with Maddox and Sarah for right now. Mm-hmm. Um, they go and Maddox basically comes up with the brilliant idea to force Sarah to confront him by both of them being locked in the secret room in the basement of the White House. In the bunker. While they work on this project. And I think that we got some little glimpses, but there were times I really wanted more Mm -hmm. i i felt like like more from sarah motions from maddox well and i wanted more of the before like how they interacted because their relationship wasn't out and open like they were pretty much like in a bubble when they were when they got together and so i wanted more of those interactions and what how like sarah came to the decision like she was gonna give him a chance in the first place because like she even said like she has had a crush on him for years and like she always had feelings for him she wasn't waiting for him or anything because of the lifestyle that he led but then we find out that he has had feelings for her for a really long time too and i wanted to know like what was that defining moment that made her say like and somehow and they talked Gus, about it. And somehow Gus was the catapult, the Gus, catalyst. Gus was a schemer. That threw She's them together and they made the decision yeah. to be together. And then as the conspiracy came to light and as Maddox realized that there was a threat against him, mm-hmm. that he made the decision to break off with her um, in order to keep her safe. Yeah. He felt he had to distance himself. And I really did like their story. I do feel like we got to know Maddox a little better now instead of just mm-hmm. the memories of what a chaotic playboy he was. Yeah. At the end of the day, he cares deeply. He does. And deeply. You, you understand where that whole persona, like it's a persona, like, and you understand where that whole persona comes from because you get little tidbits of like how he was raised and and you you feel bad for him because he doesn't have that typical upbringing but i mean yes he's a billionaire but that doesn't make it like everything but cheese and rice he did try to make himself a little bit more of a savior than he needed to be like he was willing 
to be the sacrificial lamb. He was. And I think, but I think that the thing with Maddox is like, he, like when he goes in, he goes all in, like he is an all or nothing. So it was like, yes, it was like to the nth degree, but that's his personality. Like Maddox is a balls to the wall, all out, like full on, like full court press type of person. Okay. So let's get back to Zach and Liz's relationship. While they're at Camp David, Zach makes the decision. It almost feels like a snap decision that he's pursuing Mm -hmm. Liz. He's laying all his cards out on the line. He's telling her everything and he's going to be with her. And then they do it in the library. They do loudly. And then they do it again later in the bedroom, like Mm -hmm. 17 times. They have a lot of sexcapades. They have a lot. There's not always on page sexcapades, but there's a lot of alluded sexcapades. But I think part of it is like Maddox came back. Like Sarah is in this like moment of like, she's not forgiving. And Zach is like, I, I would never forgive myself if I don't take this step. Like he had feelings for her before like joy was killed. Like he, they've had a relationship like they have been together like there are so many moments where they're like she is the first lady without being the first lady but as we say this and they decide to go back to dc and to start putting some things into place i'm still pretty skeptical of liz at this point see i wasn't i i wasn't the only reason i say that is because there were some there's something about the way that her character was written that I could not, I did not see her being that diabolical, like double person. So something happens with Zach's dad and we all know this is a conspiracy. So you're looking at every character and this Mm -hmm. is early on page before they go to Camp David. And Liz doesn't mention this interaction to anybody until almost the end of the book. Mm-hmm. And it was like, why didn't you say something? Well, part of it, though, is like nobody asked either. Yeah, but she didn't wasn't very forthcoming with information either. Even after they're laying things out, she's well, holding I... on to some information and she didn't say it. So going back to D.C., still skeptical of her. Yeah, I wasn't because they I think part of the the reason I wasn't is because they held back so much from her, like on the regular, like with all this stuff. And it was, it wasn't like a conscious, I don't know if it was like a conscious decision, but I think she was like, well, I'm not going to tell them everything because they're like, cause she could tell, like she was still in the outskirts of certain things. Yeah. But I but, didn't like, I never, but if got you love those, him, like, you couldn't say it. I don't know. Let I it never go. got those shady vibes from her. Let it go. Um, as they go back into DC, we are met with some new characters to add to the murder boards. We have Vanessa, who mm-hmm. is an assistant within the um, press office. Is she, she's like, um, she's like, Liz's assistant, I think. Yes. Well, she's a deputy press secretary. Isn't she? Or she's like an intern or something. No, she's a deputy press sec- press secretary. Um, so she handles, she tends to handle more of the socialite, the blogs Mm -hmm. and the more tabloid people magazine kind of things. Um, not the hard news, more of the social news. Um, and then we do get some interactions with Zach's father. Law. 
No, Zach's father. His father, oh, the yeah. ambassador. We yes. get some interactions with him. And then we also meet his father's nurse. Yes. Who has a his Russian nurse. accident. His his male nurse. His male nurse. Who has nurse. a Russian accent. Mm-hmm. Well, and we find out that this is like the seventh nurse. Like his dad was very belligerent until they hired this nurse. Yeah. And then Joy's father. So Zach's father-in-law pays some visits. Yes. Because there's like some information about her and Roman that is coming to light and it's like out in the open now. And he's real pissed off about it. So the, the perfect gentlemen make the decision as a collective that they plan to slowly leak or get rid of the possible blackmail material that the Russians have threatened Zach with at this point. Yeah. And one of them are these emails between Roman and Joy. Yeah. And Zach's or Zach's father-in-law, Joy's father, is livid. Unhinged. Unhinged. Because he like he feels like it is like a detriment to like her memory and all these things. And it's like, well, she's the dumbass who decided to have an emotional affair with somebody else. So yeah. Really? Um I do think that the authors did a really great job in this book of wrapping up the conspiracy in a way that was a little shocking well and it it was a little far-fetched but it wasn't far-fetched because if you think if you go like back into like the 80s and like the russian like plants and things like that and so they really brought like past history into this story and used it in such a way that it it worked really well because these are actual things that happened in us history. Like, and so, and it was unexpected and I was not expecting a couple of them. So all one, I knew, I knew I called it and one I. So we do find out who Sergey is. We find out Natalia's connection to everything. We are not telling you who that all is. Um, but I do want to kind of do a little bit of wrap up on the series. Mm -hmm. So the series started, it was written in the first book was written and released in 2015. The last book, 2019. Now a lot has happened. The newest book is already three years old. Yeah. But do you think that this series for its age, eight years has aged well? I definitely do. Like there's not pop culture references. And if they are, they're like, old school pop culture so it would be it was old five years ago um there's some tech stuff that i think they talk about not even really though because i mean three years there's not a lot but there's not a lot of references to like specific tech like they talk about them in layman's like in loose vague terms but not really because the like the gossip rag like those have always existed. It just wasn't a blog. It was newspaper form. Yeah. Like, so the, it definitely holds up and everything like rings true to the time, but even in like five or six years from now, it'll still be valid and relevant. Do you like how the authors chose to give us past for the, uh, for the prologues to take us into each story? Did you like those choices? do because especially like in book four I think it worked the best the way that 
the they introduced Roman and Gus's relationship. Like book one, it introduced the perfect gentleman and the fact that they were kind of always troublemakers. Like they didn't always toe the curve. They always towed the line. I think what the prologues did, though, is it gave us a starting point as to who these guys were Mm -hmm. before we opened a page one. Like, I knew that, you know, Gabe was going to be the guy that got easily caught. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It was passionate, but easily caught. And we saw that. The house caught on fire. He got photographed. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, he was an action think later kind of guy. We saw yeah, with I, Connor the protectiveness. We saw with mm-hmm. Dax, you know, the sense of duty. Um, well, he was like, I feel like that's the thing. Like Dax was so even keeled throughout the whole series. But that's something too, like, especially the prologue of book one, it kind of sets the tone for the whole series. Like, and they even talk about like what role they take in that meeting with the headmaster in their personalities then, like they pretty much hold through this entire series like yes there's little things here and there that change and adapt because who doesn't change in 20 years of aging but it's one of those things that like they introduce these core elements of these characters in the first 15 pages of the series and they are still those core characters at the end of three six nine like 900 or a thousand pages um okay did you, if you look at the whole five book series as a romantic suspense offering, mm-hmm. do you think that the authors kept engagement, the conspiracy was woven well through the books, and there were plenty of surprises? It wasn't so easily fixed. No, I think that this, I there were definitely things that I figured out, but it was more of a case where they gave enough hints here or there. But there were things that I thought were going to go one way and they weren't that at all because, because of the way they wove this story together. Like they give you so many little tiny tidbits and little tiny snippets of information. It's like, you have to figure out like where they're going. Like Sergey, I was totally wrong, but I'm Uh, okay with that because who it ended up being like, it makes sense now. Like it makes total sense. Um, do you have a favorite perfect gentleman? I really like Dax, but cause they're, and I think the reason I like him is cause he's so like, he's so mild compared to the other ones. Like, and he kind of levels out the chaos. Yeah. Yeah. And he was never shady. He was a dick, but he was never shady. Nah, he wasn't. He was the most forthcoming. Yeah. Um, he was. He made, the... some, he made some dumb decisions, alcohol-induced decisions. Do you feel like the characters you met in the beginning of the book are the same characters you met at the end of the book? Like, was there character consistencies throughout all five books? Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think that's a real big challenge when you write a series like this, that keeping mm-hmm. those characters true to form can be challenging like that's not to say there wasn't character growth like there was a ton of growth for all of these characters in one way or another but like at the end of the book like connor was still this dark broody like character he just was a different person when it came to laura and that is what i love about authors that write really strong characters is there's one person 
that sees them in a totally different light and they treat that one person in a different because like Connor's an asshole. Like he is one of those characters that you love to hate and hate to love, but you end up loving him by the end of his book because of the way that his character is developed. And I think that is one of the key things, like even Roman, like he is a shady MFR like throughout this series, but he is a different person with Gus once they are together. Like that isn't to say that like they do not still like aren't at each other's throats and like they have that dynamic of chaos, but they are, they are much better people with each other. Like Gabe and Everly, like she evens out his chaoticness and Sarah, like Maddox, Maddox is this over the top out there character and Sarah brings him back down to like a normal level, but he still has that inherent need to do over the top. I laugh. I, I think they're great characters. I think they're great guys. Roman is my favorite. He's the best of the perfect gentleman. Cause he's so shady. He, but I love a good asshole and he is a good asshole. He really is. He, he is a delightful asshole. He is a delightful asshole. Okay. So that completes our review of the perfect gentleman series by Shayla Black and Lexi Blake. We hope you have enjoyed this series. If you, the listener have another interconnected series duet trilogy that you would like to see us review in a similar, um, fashion, fashion, please feel free to reach out with, let us know those titles. Um, also, if you're listening to this and you enjoyed it and are interested in leaving us a review, we would really appreciate that. So please feel free to open up that podcast app, go down to the bottom of this episode and give us a rating. It's so helpful. <laughs> anyway, did you have anything else you wanted to add? No, this was a delightful like little experiment that we've done and I hope it works. And honestly, the next series, I hope you haven't read yet. <laughs> anyway um no because i actually picked out the next one that i think carolina and i are doing so that's right yeah but i'm not part of it so it doesn't make me as ragey um until next time everyone happy reading everybody find us on instagram at buzzing about romance or on twitter at buzzing romance if you like the podcast please leave a review if you'd like to support us directly, join the Bookcase and Coffee Patreon and receive exclusive content only available to Patreon members. Check out bookcaseandcoffee.com for our on-the-shelf show notes.